Welcome to the Sean Morgan Report. I'm your host, Sean Morgan. I'm here with researchers Paul Ferber and Jim Cutler. And today we're going to discuss the high-level strategy that could be going on in Afghanistan between you know, the two basic sides here, which would be uh, the deep state that the Bidens aligned with China, uh, part of the deep state, and then the other side being the White Hats, the, uh, the good guys as part of the U.S. military and their allies. So uh, we've got an interesting situation here. Uh, this kind of reminds me of when Prince Andrew was like trying to cover his butt and he did an interview and he was trying to like, you know, do damage control. And what he ended up doing was permanently ruining his reputation and the public like completely awakened that he was complete fraud. And now Biden has done the same exact thing where, you yeah. know, he went on TV to try to just make a big old excuse, say, none of this is my fault. This was all inevitable. And uh, instead of doing it kind of calmly and honorably, he did it in just a, a very robotic way and very callous way. He had no empathy at all for uh, the Afghans who were stuck inside of the freaking aircraft that was taking off and human bodies dropping from the air, uh, and not to mention the fact that there are over 10,000 Americans trapped in the country, not getting priority to leave, and, and just Biden's just like not addressing the American public about the <clears throat> things the American public actually care about. And so that was a total bomb with George Stephanopoulos. And so uh, we're going to get into these ideas of who's calling the shots, you know, is it is it the White Hats, like the, the military guys that are calling the shots here and they kind of let this happen temporarily as a strategy? Is it the deep state that's calling the shots and they sabotage this whole operation to hand this over to China for their rare earth minerals and so forth? Uh, so we'll go with Paul first. Uh, Paul, what, what do you think is the most likely scenario here? Um, hey, Sean, I, I have no idea. That I am very confused by this entire situation. Um, you know, so Afghanistan, the history of Afghanistan tells us that nothing is what it seems. Um, you know, I'm old enough to remember the Russian, uh, the Russian war with Afghanistan. Um, you know, the, the Afghans actually had their own coup in 1978, and it was a communist coup. But within a year, you know, the prime minister and the foreign minister were trying to kill each other and the country started falling apart and the Russians then invaded because Afghanistan is on their southern border and they were worried about um, that, you know, they were worried about instability in the region. But of course, the, the Americans, you know, the Americans didn't, uh, weren't impressed with that because um, they had their own interests there. And I mean, President Reagan, I don't know if you remember, he actually dedicated the space shuttle to the Afghan people. And America boycotted the Moscow Olympics. Um, and it, it turns out that, you know, the Russians were invading not to assist with the communist revolution, but to take out the leader so that they could impose some kind of order. Um, yeah, yeah, but that I'm sorry, came just out, real, real quickly, yeah. what, one thing yeah. to insert here go see the movie Charlie Wilson's War. This is where the United States armed Osama bin Laden mm. and his, you know, radical allies with well, of state course. of the art military equipment. And they beat the Stingers, Russians because yeah, of the, exactly. the, the U.S. funding. Exactly. You see, so you had the, you had the Mujahideen who rose up against the Russians 
And that, it was a brutal war. The Afghan war in the 80s with the Russians was terrible. I don't think we've been told even close to 10% of the whole truth about that and what really happened because it was it was brutal. Um, and sorry, lost my train of thought. Where were we? Yeah, the history, Afghanistan is just full of ghosts of the past. Um, it has for centuries, millennia, defeated um, incoming, you know, empires. In, in many ways, it's the center of the world, both geopolitically and geographically. Um, it's sort of where the, mess, the West meets Islam, where East meets West, where different factions of Islam meet each other. Um, I mean, Osama bin Laden was one of the Mujahideen armed by the US in the 80s to fight the Russians. You know, they sent him stingers and arms and troops and training and whatever so that he could shoot down the hind helicopters. Um, and the Afghans actually def heavily defeated the Russians in rural areas. And I remember the Russians retreated to the cities in sort of the mid 80s. Um, but so the Afghans just fought a guerrilla war against them and used to, you know, deploy IEDs. In the last 10 days, I think what we've seen is just the next phase of this kind of shifting mosaic of alliances and tribes and special interests in Afghanistan. I, I, I must admit, I, there's something off about all of this. It's something that doesn't make sense, and I can't quite put my finger on it. Um, the idea that the president of the United States and the State Department and all the federal agencies would just leave thousands of hostages, you know, thousands of citizens in a country while it goes, um, you know, while the, the, the chaos happens like we've seen. You that's almost said the word hostages because well, that's yeah, no, that I is what the they word, are. Well, they haven't happened yet, but I mean, they effectively will be held hostage. I mean, I'm, I'm hearing intel that um, the Taliban plan to execute hostages on 9-11 this year as part of their, um, you know, as part of their conquering strategy. So what, you know, what, what happened to the agreement with Trump? Trump actually um, got a signed agreement out of the Taliban in Doha. It was signed in Doha last year, last July, I think it was, can't remember, a bit later. The Taliban would pledge not to export their terrorism and that they would work with the Afghan government. Um, and, it, you know, in return, the U.S., would withdraw all their troops. They would leave some to um, observe things that were going on. I mean, that was a signed agreement. And that was all supposed to have happened by May. What did Joe do when he came in? He and the generals just, they, they extended the timeline and they poured more troops in. And the Taliban, I think, rightly assumed that the deal was off. So now what we have is the Taliban control 90% of the country, I believe. Um, Nobody from the U.S. administration seems to be in charge. It all seems to be, you know, the, the West. Yeah. I mean, Boris Johnson and Angela Merkel are furious with the U.S. They didn't say a word. They didn't get a, any word about what was going on. All that happened was there was this rumor last week that the Taliban were making progress, and then suddenly, boom, Kabul, uh, Kabul fell in two days. That's never happened before, um, certainly not to the, you know, the speed and extent that uh, that it did and then you know you can't f nobody's answering calls joe's taking long weekends off um there's tremendous confusion amongst uh 
you know, the allies of the US uh, as to what's going on, you know, what is the strategy? I I literally have no idea. And I, I think we'll find out maybe in 20 years' time what who were the power the powers that be behind the scenes that were, you know, I mean, is it China? Because I mean, this isn't this isn't the first time the Afghans have played off um global powers against each other. You know, in the 50s, when the king built um, all the dams and the infrastructure in Helmand province, and of course, raised the water table and allowed poppies to grow en masse. I mean, that's where, you know, the heroin, the heroin and, and opium trade came from in Afghanistan. It was US investment in infrastructure. But then the Afghans played off the Chinese, the Russians and the Americans against each other throughout most of the Cold War. And it was all to consolidate power. If you look at um, um, Daoud, Mohammed Daoud Khan, he when he was prime minister for a long time before he was ousted in 78. Again, he was, this is purely a Pashtun um, tribal power consolidation. It was a, a Pashtun power uh, tribal consolidation for those 25 years. Just by, you know, it's basically the world came in and got itself involved in Afghan tribal politics. And that never works. The Byzantines <laughs> tried it, the Romans tried it, the Brits tried it, yeah. the Russians tried it, the Americans have tried it. Everyone has failed. Yeah. It, just, it yeah. just never works. The Americans They're, and their allies have dumped trillions of dollars into this. It's been right down the toilet. According to Julian Assange, it's basically a money laundering scheme for the deep state. Yeah. Uh, chi- the Chinese think they're like, being smart by buying off all these warlords to try to get their resources, they're just going to end up killing all of their own contractors that go in there and try to extract that stuff. They're yeah. going to get screwed over. Um, now, you mentioned our, our European allies, and I am going to get to Jim right after I insert mm. some of these data points. But I've seen reports that the French and the British are going into Kabul and they are collecting their citizens while the Americans yeah. are sitting on their asses doing nothing. Yeah. So that's that's an important thing to take note of, that there is a purposeful sabotage of the Americans saving those basically uh, hostages. They're, they're hostages mm. because they're, they're the most precious commodity to patriotic Americans. Is, is saving the lives of other patriotic mm-hmm. Americans. And, Indeed, yeah. And, and so uh, the fact that nothing's being done to get them means they're purposefully, uh, you know, uh, being used as a, a power brokering tool here. Um, they're be- being held hostage, whether it's officially or not. And they're potentially being held hostage by, you know, the deep state. I, I don't know. Uh, the other data points I wanted to mention is that the, the uh, new interim president of the Taliban regime, the, they call it like the Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan now. Yes. Uh, yeah. he, he was in prison. <laughs> the Americans caught him like a decade ago and they held him for like five years. And who knows what they were doing? Were they, were they mind control programming this guy for five years? And then the CIA uh, released this guy. So the, when the CIA, CIA has access to this guy for five years, you can you can say that possibly this guy is actually a CIA asset. We have to remember that Afghanistan is like the center of the heroin trade, you know, and so yeah. there's a lot of money that the deep state uses as part of that black market, and to have that kind of guy as a double agent or whatever, um, that that's that's just another piece of the puzzle that we have to acknowledge. 
Um, what else did I want to mention before I, I get Jim and his thoughts? Um, you mentioned the word sabotage there, Sean, but it, it may be even worse than that. It may be that the Biden administration does not control anything in Afghanistan. Right. Well, that, are, that is something I want to get Jim's, yeah, I want to get Jim's perspective back on. Off because the real powers that be behind the scenes, whoever they are, are in charge of things. Well, they're not really in charge, but they're, they're handling things as, as best they can. And it's not going very right. well. There, there. I want to get Jim's perspective on this because there, hmm. there seems to be uh, these so-called leaders, like the Secretary of Defense and Milley and 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 uh, Biden and Harris and Pisaki. They're all kind of just either not showing up for work or they show up and they dodge every question there is because they don't know what's going on. They don't have that their hands on this situation, um, and, and so. The question is, is it the deep state, their puppeteers who are withholding, or is it the white hats that are actually the ones in control and leaving these people just grasping at nothing? Jim, what are your thoughts? Well, I'm going to employ a little bit of Occam's razor here um, to try to uh, simplify the situation and to assign um, logical behavior to the parties involved. So on a fundamental level, I think it's important that we remember that this is a war that is being fought in the minds of basically the American people, the entire world by extension, but primarily the American people. Secondly, Merkel um, and... uh, um, you know, the Brits uh, and the deep state, they're all absolutely working hand in glove. That has to be well understood. And if not uh, clearly understood, at least it has to be considered as an extremely potent possibility. So here we have Trump working with the Taliban to have a, 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 a calm, orderly transition back to what it was the whole time. Afghanistan is a tribal state. It has been a tribal state for a very, very long time. The Russians um, had trouble with them because the Russians are interested in not losing any more territory. That should be clear to anybody who understands um, geopolitics. Uh, so the Americans, always looking to take uh, you know, the Russians down a peg, saw this difficulty they were having and said, well, we're gonna help uh, them be in more difficulty. And that's where uh, hiring uh, Osama bin Laden, and of course the, the bin Laden family are very tightly linked with the Bushes and the deep state. So that's mm-hmm. another aspect to the whole scene there. And when we went into Afghanistan uh, at that time in the eighties, that was the beginning of Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda means the database. And that's what it was. All of those assets in Afghanistan that we put on these, the payroll uh, working for the US, that was the database. And so that's a proxy army that we use to destabilize the situation with Russia to great effect, I might add. So that has been the MO. And that MO has stood for quite a while. But when Trump came in, he upset that apple cart. 
he worked with the Taliban and said, hey, man, I get it. I understand you people. This is your your tribal and this is your country. And um, but you got to understand what you need to do if you want to have your country back, because if you don't do it the right way, this mess is going to continue forever. And they got they understood that. And that's what that whole deal making process was about. Mm. So they were OK with that because they understood that, you know, if they were going to get what they wanted. Uh, they needed to uh, to listen and follow uh, the proper strategy. So that was then. And then, of course, the, the plan, you know, going into to variations here on, on this side um, required Biden to win the election, you know, required the stealing of the election to go through. Now, to what extent Trump is continuing to talk with the Taliban I am quite sure he is. I would be shocked if he was not. So you have Trump continuing to talk to the Taliban on one hand, but now you have the deep state with Biden in office as their little puppet boy um, doing a clawback routine. And basically, what's their MO on that? Chaos. It's the same thing that we witnessed in Vietnam, the end of the Vietnam War. We're not going to just walk out of Vietnam we're going to use that ending to um, pad the taxpayer rolls with Vietnamese people coming into California. And at one point, the uh, Jerry Brown, the governor of California, was vehemently against it. But he he's had capitulated to the deep state because they were like, nope, we want those people in the country and we want them voting and paying taxes. So that's what happened. And then the same thing is happening over and over. Uh, it happened with um, after the Korean War, it happened after the Vietnamese War, and it's happening now with the Afghan War. Of course, now uh, they need it. They're desperate, and they want to, to have this be a big empathy play uh, on the minds of the American people, and it makes perfect sense for them to do that. There's no way and we all have to really agree on this. There's no way that the American military uh, is incapable of an orderly transition. What is happening in, in Afghanistan right now? That is not a, a military operation. That mm. is a planned abandonment of everybody. And, a, and a, you know, a heads up to the Taliban. It's like, hey, yeah, all good guys, come on in. As a matter of fact, we're going to leave some helicopters out there for you and some caches of weapons to help you out. And that had to be the case. It had to be the case. Taliban doesn't walk in and grab helicopters. Not those kind. Not Apaches. I mean, you got to be kidding me. It's just that is not going to happen the way it looks. That was a complete setup. It was, And it's a setup. For the the for us the Trump people to try to set us back with everybody being so confused and chaotic, I don't buy it for one second. For me, this is a setup. It's a false flag operation par excellence, and they're trying to. And and, and now, why would we be shipping Afghani's to America right now in droves, in plane loads? There, there's like two thirds more Afghans than Americans coming back on those planes of the mm, evacuation. That's right. That's um, right. So it's like sleeper cells, you know. That's yeah. They yeah. they want to destabilize the U.S. And you're right. It's like a false flag. I mean, as soon as 
this happens. There's a some weirdo in a pickup truck with an explosives in front of the Supreme Court in D.C. I mean, this is so many distractions right at this critical time when these audit results are being released and the public is awakening to mm. this whole fraud of this illegitimate administration and, and so forth. And and Ghislaine Maxwell's stuff is going to start being released here. Durham stuff's going to start being released here. So that's what all this planned chaos is all about. Well, right. I mean, you can see, you know, anytime they want people distracted, they do stuff like this. And unfortunately for a lot of Americans, it's, it's affected. So our job, as I see it, is to cut through that crap and say, look, nothing's mm. really changed here relax, stay with this process. Don't get caught up in the distractions. That's their game and you don't have to play it. Just keep your eye on what's happening and try to um, keep a steady keel in terms of what you see, what you understand to be happening and just watch carefully. Watch, listen, observe as objectively as you can and see if this doesn't start moving in a, in a direction that makes more sense. Because Trump, you know, the fact that it's happening doesn't tell me that Trump is behind it, but it does tell me that he's allowing it. And, and again, you know, the word on the street, like some guy was going around New York City, randomly talking to people about what's happening. And everybody is turning against Biden. I mean, again, never interfere when the enemy is is uh, destroying themselves. Mistake, and yeah. so you know, there you are. Yeah. Trump is not going to stop that. Good, good point. Who who is the one who actually ends up benefiting out of all this? It's actually awakening the public more. It's turning the public against Biden. Uh, you know, this this move by the deep state to sabotage the Afghan transition. It's a move of complete desperation because look at what they're they're risking here. They're risking the approval of their illegitimate president. They're they're risking, uh, you know, the American people never, ever forgetting that their own government and their own military uh, abandon their own citizens and, yep. and prioritize mm-hmm. foreigners over their own citizens. Uh, so so this is a, a you know. When you're calculating the, the the cost to benefit ratio, the benefit for the deep state is very temporary. It's not a it's not a long term benefit yeah, totally. to do this whole sabotage routine. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And and Boris and Merkel will go along with this because they don't want to interfere with what you know the deep state is trying to do. But they're sure as hell going to go in there and get their people. Mm. They're not going to leave their people and, and suffer the wrath of, of their constituents looking at them and going, what the fuck are you doing? So that's that's the thing. And you, that's why it looks like a dichotomy here. But it really isn't. Uh, they're all in, in it together, but they're just playing the roles a little differently in order to protect uh, aspects of, of their particular uh, countries and, and the politics in those countries. So, again, this, to me, none of this is surprising. I mean, and it, simply because it just is so consistent with the behavior we've been seeing on the part of the deep state. And, John, you're right. Uh, this is desperation gone run amok. And, um, and this is probably it. I, I would say um, this may be the last um, act of sheer stupidity that Trump is going to let them do 
before uh, he starts to turn things. I think the economy crashing is going to be the next thing that's pinned on Biden. And Biden might roll out in a coffin and then they have to make Kamala the president temporarily uh, to just to distract things for a while. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're getting to, to the end game here. Yeah, um, I mean, all of their options are horrible. They're certainly seeding the 25th Amendment narrative in the mainstream now. And they're allowing... You know, either the the deep state's not pulling the strings of the of the mainstream media anymore, or they're they're allowing the the mainstream media or, or directing them to turn against Biden because you let's turn on CNN and they're criticizing Biden now for the first time ever. Um, so that's an interesting development. But I just want to you know we we don't have that much time left in the show, but I do want to uh, just point out the the pure corruption that's been in Afghanistan on both sides. You've mm. got these warlords, okay? They're, they're like, I mean, where on earth are you going to still find warlords The freaking <laughs> yeah, Afghanistan, right? right? Okay, yeah. so I was reading a thread that the, some of these warlords are pedophiles and the CIA gives them, you know, Viagra of all things mm-hmm. uh, to, to just help them continue to rape children and uh, and that's part of the supposedly American side uh, buying off these warlords. Of course, they've got the black market with the opium, the black market with the uh, resources. Uh, so you've got the CIA and you know dark sides of the Americans that are corrupt to the bone and have been just leeching money from the taxpayers for decades now at the expense of American lives. And of course, the poor Afghan people are just being these pawns between warlords, Taliban, and uh, you know Western-backed military forces that can't even do jumping jacks half the time. And uh, you know you've got just corrupt people like the Taliban—they're freaking corrupt. Okay, the warlords—they're corrupt. The CIA's corrupt. The American side's mm-hmm. corrupt. Uh, you know, all these NGOs are are just leeching billions of dollars off of the teat here uh, of the state and and who knows what they're doing with all this money and so just everyone's corrupt and the people that are suffering the most are the afghans because a third of their military dies every year and uh they're living off of subsistence of economic aid and they're not able to actually create their own country and their own independence and so now we have the americans of course, they had to do this, but they they blocked off all the money to the Taliban. So now the Taliban has no money, right? They they have control, but what is that worth when your whole you have no economy? Okay, and we've got we've we've got a freaking uh, you know humanitarian crisis on our hands because you know the people need to eat, okay? And they were eating off of the American. Uh, you know, distributions basically. Right. And, and so uh, what a mess we're in because of corruption on both sides. What a mess indeed. And I want to add one more thing quickly. After 9-11, they went into Afghanistan to set up a central bank, which had not been set up there yet. They did that. But now their playbook says, no, we got to destroy Afghanistan in order to move our situation forward. So what are they doing? They're completely emptying the uh, Afghan banking system and, and repatriating all that gold back to the deep state. Yeah. So they're literally yeah. their, their gold. Their gold was stored in New York. So the yep. New York Fed just said it's ours now. They confiscated the gold. Now. They didn't make a freaking right. announcement about it. They just nope. did it. Uh, yep. You know, 
the, the whole economy was running off of U.S. dollar reserves and, and uh, SDR, special drawing rights. And so yeah. this was all like, you know, the deep state monetary mm-hmm. system completely controlled their central bank. By the way, the central banker who's in charge there, he, he hopped on a plane, left the country. The freaking president packed a whole bunch of helicopters or cars or whatever with cash and left the country, right? Everyone was just leeching from the people <laughs> and just Doing bolting out of could. there and then passing yeah. the buck onto someone else. Right. Uh, it's sad, uh, but... Yeah, these are really nice people, aren't they? There is a thread uh, that I sent to you guys. Uh, this was on, I think it was on Social Quad Virum or, or the replacement for it, but Brian Cates uh, posted it on Telegram. And this was a thread about the idea that the White Hats are just setting up the Taliban for defeat, that this is, uh, they're just luring them into a trap, that this is just allowing them uh, this temporary win. And uh, they're going to be met with uh, with some kind of force in the future. Um, but I, I also wanted to mention that uh, there are also there are conflicting reports here. There's some reports Taliban already killed one woman for not wearing a burqa. They already executed four of their four commanders of the uh, you know Ghani uh, official government military force. They promise, the Taliban promise they're not going to do these retribution killings and they're going to allow the Americans to leave and all this stuff. But they're the Taliban, for goodness sakes. They're they're not yeah. always living up to their freaking contractual agreements here. Yeah, they but mean, also, the, also, Sean, the US, the US completely reneged on its, de- on its uh, agreement on the Doha. Right. The, deadline, the deadline was not met on May 21. And the troops, troops were not withdrawn. Basically, Biden came into office and with his generals, you know, and um, yeah, I, I think the Taliban are quite uh, reasonably assumed that the deal was off. Um, there's another possibility. You mentioned that, you know, the Taliban are being set up. There's another possibility, which goes back to something that Jim said earlier, is that the Taliban are actually working with Trump. Or right. with is with Israel is another possibility I've heard that Israel have paid the Taliban to get rid of because we mustn't forget that the Iranians are big into Afghanistan. I mean they share a border and they also have close connections to the deep state, the mullahs and their uh, their machine in there too. It's possible the Taliban did the, are are doing this for their own purposes, but also to um, disrupt the deep state's activities in Afghanistan. Well, that's um, the kind of ironic thing about all of this is the yeah. Taliban's might the Taliban might end up being the good guys out of all of these characters. Well, the, some of the yeah. some of the reports that are coming yeah. out are that the Taliban are preventing looting. They're preventing crime. They're preventing yeah. drug trade. They're preventing yeah. prostitution. They're preventing a lot of the crap that was going on when the uh, old government and the old military mm. and the Americans were yeah. supposedly in charge, when it was really more of a deep state operation where you had human trafficking and drug trafficking going on out the wazoo. So yeah. that's what and I it, think And, and it was the giant laundering exercise. 
that, yeah, that Julian uh, Assange, I, I, like you said, that right. it was the giant money laundering exercise that Julian yeah. Assange has always claimed Afghanistan is. And he's right. I mean, I mean, that's obvious. When trillions of dollars yeah. are going in and, and you don't get any benefit from it, it it's obviously yeah. a money laundering uh, operation. So when I say the Taliban seem to be the good guys, I mean, who's a good guy if you're killing a woman for not wearing a burqa? They're obviously not good 100%. That's true. I mean, we have yeah. to be careful to, to, to you know, vet these because the the deep state needs a boogeyman right now the taliban is the boogeyman okay they've shifted roles and so they're going to do whatever they need to do to make the taliban look like the boogeyman and including false uh stories in the press yeah the whole plan the whole trump plan was not to defeat the taliban you know his that's why he was negotiating with them the whole point was for them to share power with the new government and so I think that's what is going to end up happening is that the Taliban are going to be able to be a legitimate political force because, look, no one's been able to get rid of them. So, so they're going to end up being a political mm. force. You either bring them to the table or they keep on, you know, uh, doing military actions against you until until you allow them at the table. They, so. You know, they need the, uh, the, the ability to evolve as a country and as a political system. And that evolution will happen. But for God's sakes, we've got to leave them alone and, and let them try to work it out themselves and, and try to do good, you know, support when things are going well and and, uh, uh, and educate and all that, which, you know, we've really never done at all. We never do it ever at all for any other country. We just like, you know, throwing bombs at them. Well, it used to be Americans did nation building. In Japan and Germany, we would create an infrastructure and set them up for a permanent success. Uh, but, you know, that works way better with Japanese and German culture than Afghani culture, I guess. Or maybe uh, the Americans never really meant to do nation building in Afghanistan. And it was just this money laundering corrupt thing the whole time. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a mix of both. I think in the nineteen, I think in the nineteen fifties, the U.S. generally did want to uh, invest in nation building in Afghanistan, in 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 Helmand Province. You know that the dams infrastructure, the new utopia that the king wanted. But as soon as you know, as soon as it became clear that um, poppies were growing like like wildfire, and people started noticing. Um, the king actually wanted to, you know, call a halt to it. And the U.S. government came down and said, no, we, we will finish this. Um, so, it, I don't know, the cynical part of me wants to say that they knew all along that that would be the ultimate goal of the infrastructure building was to develop the old drug, uh, the old opium uh, fields. Yeah. But, Look at how long yeah. with the opium wars in China, with the British and everything, how long that has been a piece of the puzzle with geopolitics mm. that can't be ignored. Yeah. The know? Dutch oh, East India God, company. No. Yeah. <laughs> the I committee mean, of 300. Of money yeah. And wreck people's minds all in one fell swoop. What deep stater would not want to do that? Right. Well, thank you for watching today, guys. Uh, it, was, it was great to have uh, the insight from these two history buffs. And, and uh, I think a lot of you probably learned more about Afghanistan here than you would at another place uh, where we're just uh, shooting off the cuff about what we know about the subject. Uh, but we're, we're just trying to make sense of the madness, trying to you know connect the dots. And uh, we're going to keep, uh, keep up to date on this, but we're not going to get lost in the sauce in Afghanistan because ultimately that's not where 
this final showdown between the White Hats and the Deep State is going to be. It's going to be about America. Okay, this is the the last bastion of of hope in civilized society. The American citizens who have the right to defend themselves and to have a, a true uh, successful economy and and civil society, and that's what they want to destroy. Uh, so that's where we need to keep our focus, and we're going to keep on reporting on, on that right here on uh, American Media Periscope and right here at seanmorganreport.com. Check out Paul Ferber's free book at paulferber.net. Check out Jim's interesting life on his sailboats and his blogs at etherealsea.com. And we'll see you guys next Friday, posted on Rumble, posted on Gab, posted on YouTube, and on podcasts. It's all at seanmorganreport.com. Thanks again, and God bless all you patriots. See you next time.